What's up, everybody? Welcome to a new episode of the It Doesn't Matter What Your Podcast Is Called podcast. BJ Cruz here with my tag team partner, surviving the heat somehow, Jeremy Lost. Jay, how you doing, dude? Uh, I'm very hot. I am like the living embodiment of the Ron Burgundy gif of him with milk outside. Yeah. (laughs) Tell me you're not drinking warm milk out in the sun, though. No, I am drinking ice cold water to try to keep me cool. It is incredibly hot out here for for those of you who don't know we uh really we live in northern california and this is a little abnormal for it to be this hot this late in the evening so we're uh we're sweating through the heat is actually a great segue into what we're going to start off the show with but first you know please subscribe to the podcast drop us with that five star rating we're obviously on the blue wire network so follow all the podcasts we have on there but you know, start with uh, hitting us with the subscribe and the rate button, um, and, you know, we'd very, very much appreciate it. Yeah, and don't forget to follow us on Twitter. You can follow the account at, or the, the pod account at Doesn't Matter Pod. That's pod with a zero. You can follow me personally at Jeremy A. Loss, and you can follow Ben at Cruise Control, and that's Control with a K. And you can follow Ben for all of his Warriors takes as his team's dynasty comes to a close on Thursday. It's all it's all crumbling. It's all coming to an end. Speaking of a crumbling empire, we've got uh, the WWE in their Super Showdown pay-per-view. So let's jump right into the main event. Alright, so this past Friday was Super Showdown, which as much as they'd love to have us believe it was a WrestleMania equivalent, it Quite frankly, was not. It was a stomping grounds equivalent. It was awful. <laughs> yeah, it was a stomping grounds equivalent. Stomping grounds hasn't even happened yet. Right. But it, it is. A, it was basically a stomping grounds preview, is what it was. Um, and let's let's just start with the what I can't believe is was the main event in 2019, the Undertaker versus Goldberg, in this a was, what they oh. tried to paint it as like a WWE versus WCW attitude era type of deal but it just it was as bad as you think it was going to be this was quite possibly one of the saddest things i've ever seen in a wrestling ring um (laughs) from the start you could tell that these guys were just not ready to work goldberg busted himself open on the way to the ring yeah that was not a good i was like good sign what are you doing and then also the fact that it was like 105 degrees ringside like, that doesn't help these guys that are over 50 years old actually try to work. Um, they both had spots in the match where they could have critically injured each other. I mean, Taker... Critically injured is putting it very nicely. They could have killed each other. I mean, Taker did the, the tombstone and, like, just almost broke Goldberg's neck. Like, come on. And then Goldberg tried to re- uh, do a jackhammer and could barely lift <laughs> the Undertaker. I was like, it was like an execution almost. Uh, it wasn't uh, even close to a jackhammer. That, uh, something that really painted how bad this match was was our friend Nick Yokoyama texted us d- during the match. <laughs> I was like, "What the fuck is happening?" We're like, "This, this is." He's a great friend of ours. Does not watch a lot of wrestling, if any at all. And he was concerned for both of their well-beings. Uh, it, 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 for two legendary wrestlers, two who will go down as probably some of the best of all time, for them to put on a show like that was, it was just really sad. That's, that's re- I wasn't even mad at it. I was just really, really saddened by what transpired. Yeah, I mean, they got paid. 
Uh, so good for them. I mean, oh, no gonna, doubt they got they, paid. They cashed that check probably on Monday or on Monday, and, and it, it was a handsome one. But yeah, it was definitely sad to watch. I mean, the look on Taker's face after the match, where he just his hair was all disheveled, he was drenched in sweat. He looked like he went through a thirty-minute match, and I think this was like seven or eight minutes, um, which was. <laughs> Uh, it's the most cardio either of them ever done. It was in the past six minutes years. too long. Yeah. I thought for sure they were going to do a squash match at the way it started because Goldberg had the two spears. I was like, oh, this is happening. They're going to squash Taker and they're going to reverse it at SummerSlam. But uh, yeah, they decided to have a full blown match. I can't believe you put that out there, by the way. You put that on the universe that they might repeat this at SummerSlam. I don't think they are now. Like the, after this, no, after this they performance, can't. I don't think they will. They uh, can't anymore. I think if it was passable and people were like, oh, that was bad. But, like, it's okay. I think they would have run it back for SummerSlam. But people were, like, legitimately, like, this is not okay. These two guys should not be in the ring. They just don't have it anymore. So I think they're going to, hopefully, I mean, Vince can do whatever the fuck he wants. They also didn't put them in a position to succeed, right? Like, if you want to have this match as a spectacle, fine. Do not put them on as the main event. Right, yeah, like, don't at least give them some sort of cushion. Put them on in the middle. Put them on first. Whatever you have to do, do not give them the main event spot where... It's already a lot of pressure to carry that. And again, you have two 50, over 50-year-old 50 dudes in the sweltering heat yeah. in, in like a foreign country with a pay-per-view that already has kind of a bad taste in wrestling people's mouths. Like, this is not the time to to run these two guys out. No matter how much money you are, you're getting paid for this, creatively, Vince needed to put his foot down and say, look, we're, we're going to put them in as good of a position to succeed. Let's put them on at some other time than the main event. Like having the match period was great for nostalgia and great, you know, period, I guess. But again, it was just from the beginning was a little bit doomed. Yeah. If you're going to have that match, at least put it in an arena where you can control the temperature and not have them wrestle in a sauna. Right. That was a big thing. Like that's, that was crazy. I mean, looking back at like the Braun Strowman, Bobby Lashley one, like Braun was like dying by the end of that match. Um, I, I he could barely breathe because he did like three laps around the ring. I was like, this is not the thing that you want to be doing in a hundred degree weather. So, it it was a terrible way to end the night. I mean, other matches on the card. Kofi and Dolph had what I would see a pretty forgettable match. It was okay. It, it wasn't bad. It wasn't good. It was. But it was I mean, kind of what it was. They're gonna turn around and do this again in the steel cage at Stomping Grounds, which is something that we'll speak on more. But. I, I I don't care for this feud. It really does, like it just seems out of left field for me. Uh, I it, it came out of nowhere when when Dolph attacked uh, Kofi, and it's just not going anywhere for me. So I would prefer them to move on, but I, I guess they're going to do this at stopping grounds. And then good old Trips had the longest match on the card again. My guy apparently <laughs> doesn't have time to do cardio during any of his workouts between what he has to do on the business side and in the wrestling ring. So he's like I, I, if I'm going to go, I'm going to go 25 minutes plus because I'm going to get get in a solid sweat. I, I Like, you know, props to him for being able to do that still at his age. But, like, I mean, the the way that they built up this match wasn't all that great and that's to be expected with such a short build as it was but these these 20 minute triple h matches just need to stop i i, I love the guy uh, you know for everything that he's done for wwe as a performer and then now with nxt you know bravo standing ovation but i i don't need to see him in the ring for 25 minutes anymore there's there's right. no need for it yeah i mean that time has passed i mean 
it, it sucks because it's it's really a shame because you have him getting 20 to 25 minutes every time he wrestles he gets the the grand entrance where he rides in on some sort of a motorcycle and like guys like andrade and finn are relegated to 10 to 15 minutes max and they put on a pretty solid match well, like their match, yeah, shocking. What happens when you give good wrestlers some time? You exactly. Know like it's it's just a shame that we have to that the company is continuing to cater to him. I understand that he is the COO, and I mean he is in the family, but like they're catering to him and allowing him to have these matches that are going on way too long that have no storylines and really don't do anything going forward. When you have guys like Andrade, Finn. Uh, even Braun and, and Bobby Lashley that could get that could use more time to help build their storylines or help put them over. Uh, so I, like, I will say this though, in the family, he's not the worst one who's getting time yet, and we'll get to true. who is probably the worst perpetrator of that a little bit later in the show. But he, let's not, you know, we're not, I'm not going to paint him out as this uber villain just yet because I'd, he can still go. Like, let's give him that credit. I'm, uh, Someone else in the family is getting a little bit too much shine for anybody's liking. Go using the term "go" there loosely. Like I would say, he can go for like maybe ten minutes. I mean, but he, the, he has a different style than like a Ricochet or a Finn Balor or an Andrade, right? He he doesn't have that type of skill. It, he was just he's just always been a different type of wrestler. So he can still put on a good match. Like I guess that's the phrasing that I should have used. He could put on a good match if he has a story to build with it. Like, if he yep. can build a story leading into the match for uh, an extended period of time, then that's great because he can tell the story in the ring as well. Yeah. That is, you're right. He does have a different style. He has a more plodding, methodical style. But that only works when you have a story to tell. When it's sure. just a, yep. when a one-off match with Randy Orton that they're rehashing a feud from years ago, like, it doesn't matter and it doesn't really work. No, that's a good point. And, I mean, we saw that, too, with the little bit of build that he had with Batista I mean they were able to you know they were able to give Trips some mic time to for him to do what he's really really good at which is talk and kind of build that feud up this they had the what they had the one showdown on Raw last week and that was about it so I you, you do make a good point there that you know one of Triple H's strengths is the storytelling aspect and you know putting him in that position has given him some of his classic matches this was just not one of them um, and it, but it, you know, at least at least he didn't have to bury Randy Orton <laughs> um, on this card. So at least Orton has some sort of momentum moving forward because he he is still you know full time in ring performer. Yeah, and I think what they're gonna do is uh, off this win, they are gonna put Randy Orton going toward Finn Balor. Um, yeah, for the IC belt. I mean, Finn and Andrade have incredible chemistry in the ring. Yep, those guys are excellent together. I really like. I think they need to really rethink this demon gimmick. Putting the demon makeup on in a hundred degree weather not a good idea. Like really save it for for Mania, maybe SummerSlam, or, or maybe just don't do it at all. They, they um, also need to stop ruining the surprise of it. That was right. what, that was one of the things that made the demon gimmick such an attraction was that he would surprise us with it, right? And you'd be like, oh shit, it's the demon. He's going to win this match handedly yeah and you know so for them to reveal that like a couple of weeks or a week in advance it just kind of ruins the allure of it and you're like all right so he's gonna win there's no way the, the demon is not going to lose right and it's just frustrating that you have 
a very marketable and a very bankable character in that, you know, some guy who has a split personality and you just kind of waste it, you know, and I think that's just kind of a microcosm of WWE's problems in general um, about how they tell stories. And I think we can get to that um, a little bit later, but, you know, kind of moving on real quick, the 50 man battle Royal, which I honestly, while watching the show, uh, (laughs) kind of forgot about until they announced it. It, it was what it was. It was exactly. It was a I, mess. It was, it was a mess. mess. It was a fifty-man battle royal. Uh, it was you know, and Michael Cole loved to pimp the fact that it was the biggest battle royal in history. Uh, it, is that, that's okay. I, I have a little bit of an issue here. That is so weird to me that they keep saying like the biggest battle royal ever, or this is the first time a fifty-man battle royal happened. It's like it happened last year. Well, technically, so I was thinking about that as well. <laughs> technically, that was a royal rumble, so everyone was entering one at a time. This oh, was just fuck everyone off. at the same time. <laughs> so, you know, to that respect, a battle royal and a Royal Rumble are very different. But I will rewind that now, kind of come back to the uh, the realistic level and agree with you. They've done this shit before. They did it last year. The best thing that came out of that was Titus O'Neil fell under the ring. And uh, the green became, belt. And the green belt. <laughs> but so this was going to be – this was literally – the we do not have a story for you, but we still want you to come because we are getting paid a shit ton of money uh, match, right? Like Samoa yeah. Joe was in it. My God, Samoa Joe, one of the best in-ring performers, performance period we have in the business, was in this ridiculous battle royal, and he didn't even win. Right? I can't even remember when he got out. This is... I, like, checked. So I, like, I, full disclosure, I, I watched this while I was, while I was at work. Like, I had it on. As, as most normal people would, because it aired at <laughs> it 11 a.m. Pacific. So, yeah, I, like, I like almost completely checked out watching this. Um, it, it was a complete mess from from when I was looking at it and, and trying to follow along. I couldn't, I couldn't tell you who got uh, eliminated when. All I know is that Elias was in the final two, and he lost to Mansoor, who I had no idea who that was. Apparently, he is a... He's a, uh, he's one of these the Saudi Arabia Saudi, recruits. Yeah, yeah. So they went for the feel good story, the feel good ending, which is fine because ultimately, I believe. I mean, I think they realized last year with Braun, him winning that ultimately meant nothing. It doesn't matter, right? Yeah. So why not give it to, you know, a, throw a little carrot a out f- to the fans and yeah, they have their service. moment. The fans went crazy. Yeah. Uh, to the you know to their credit to their booking credit you know the kids crying in the in the crowd and you know th- uh, that was a cool moment but you know this might be the highlight of this dude's career unfortunately because I don't think he's you know from what I understand he's not one of the you know higher regarded recruits that they have you know in the PC right now so who who knows it was it was it was a fine moment for the crowd there which by the way from. You know, they painted it out that it was this massive event. It was, you know, a WrestleMania equivalent. The pictures that they showed of the attendance, did you see It was see like a SmackDown shit? crowd. Yeah. It, it might have been a house show crowd. I don't know. Right. I think, you know, J, our, our boy J-Ram was in uh, Sacramento for SmackDown tonight. That crowd was lit. I don't know if uh, Super <laughs> Showdown actually lived up to that. Yeah, it looked like it, the, uh, the stadium was definitely half empty. Uh, you hate to see it. Uh, but also you don't because that card should never happen. Uh, so the opening of match of the card was Seth versus Baron Corbin, which was fine. Um, the 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 key thing here is is they legitimately flew Brock out there just to fake a cash in and take ten like ten unanswered chair shots. That's a 
quite a day's work if you can get it. I'm not mad at it. Uh, <laughs> and that's mainly because of my disdain for Brock Lesnar and, you know, what he has kind of, how he's essentially held the company a little bit captive and a little bit hostage. And they feel like they need to go to him to, to boost ratings. But, uh, like, again, the, the way that they've dealt with his money in the bank thing in general and his cash in has been awful. I think, like, the the more you tease it, and I think they, they did kibosh it, essentially, with Heyman on Raw yesterday, but the way, the, the amount that they tease it was just too much, right? You're yeah. like, I'm kind of over this. I, I, like he, I don't care. The, the more you say it, the less that I care about it. Because right. the what makes that thing so awesome is the surprise factor. And you keep, the more that you say it, the more you ruin it. Yeah, the allure of the, uh, of the briefcase is... Someone running down the ramp, surprising you with a cash-in. Seth Rollins at WrestleMania. Dolph Ziggler the night after WrestleMania. That is the allure of it. When you are constantly saying, I'm going to cash in on Monday. No, I'm going to cash in on Friday. No, I'm going to cash in on Monday. I mean, that's com- it's it's a waste. We're, we're no longer interested. Uh, I think them having Heyman come out and say, we're no longer going to tease it, was probably the best thing that they can do. Um, I still I, I just found it super interesting that they flew Brock all the way out to Saudi for three minutes of work and he didn't even do anything he just got chair shot he got hit with a chair he probably went back the amount of money he probably got paid is i don't even want to think about it because it might make me angry but it's probably (laughs) in the it's probably you know how when you're like oh a stripper makes a lot of money per minute the (laughs) that money was probably dwarfed by the amount that brock made for for this appearance now did he the question is did he fly out almost immediately or did he stay around I have a feeling he flew out like... He was, after the last chair shot, guaranteed his bags were packed with a car ready to take him out back to the the U.S. Yeah, I feel like he just... stay for anything? I feel like he walked out of the ring, walked out of the arena, and onto a private jet, still in his ring gear, and flew home. Look, I mean, I think (laughs) we've, we've discovered, you know, especially recently after that John Moxley interview where he you know broke down how what it was like to plan a match with brock and brought you know essentially saying brock is in this for the money that's really it yeah i guarantee you this dude did not stick around that's why the match was first you know again vince caters to this dude so much that's why the match at wrestlemania was first that was reported that brock asked for it to be first so he could leave yeah you know, that's, and it's it's that. so crazy. I mean, and and also the, the thing that they're doing here is they're teasing the the eventual Lesnar Heyman breakup. Finally, uh, Jesus Christ! I See, mean, as much yeah. as you wanted the Shield to break up, I want Brock Lesnar and Heyman to but, break like, up. Like, I wanted this to happen when Brock and Roman were feuding, because then it would have had some like some oh yeah, meat to we, it. Because we, we were fantasy booking that in the group chat so hard. Man. It was like Heyman needs to pair with Roman, and he's gonna be if, so over. Could you imagine how... Yeah, exactly. Can you imagine the pop if Heyman turned on Brock with Roman? Jesus Christ. Like, that is such, like, easy booking, and they've flubbed it so many yeah, times. It, and was, now they're gonna, it was sitting there on a platter for them. Now they're going to do this breakup, and it's really going to go nowhere. Like, it's it's not going to... Like, Heyman's not going to work with Seth. Like, he's not going to work with Baron Corbin. I don't understand what the fuck they're doing. So, moving on to something else they don't. I don't know what they're doing. What the fuck is Shane McMahon doing as like basically the the main heel for the entire company i don't understand this 
You know, so they're obviously in love with this whole authority figure, you know, storyline, right? They've they've just kind of always had that. Even when, you know, Triple H and Stephanie kind of went away for a while, there, there was that, that was always looming that they would come back. And then they ultimately, you know, Trips, Stephanie, Shane, and Vince kind of came back when they made these basically false promises a few months ago that things were going to change. And now they've just kind of fallen into, you know, for a while Shane was this almost this circus act, right? Like, if he was going to be in a match, you knew you were about to see something crazy, right? He was going to take some sort of crazy bump, jump off the cage, jump off the scaffold with the Miz, whatever. The fact that they're putting him as the main heel, the dude can't wrestle, right? He can't talk either. He can't. Like, I've I've been watching clips from, like, and I hate to be that guy, but from the Attitude Era, when Shane would hit the mic, he was very compelling. He was just very, uh, he hit a lot of, Bravado. Vibrato. Yes, exactly. Behind what he was saying whenever he would talk. Especially during like the I mean, even the invasion thing, which didn't end up being as good of a uh, a storyline as they had envisioned. But the way that he talked on the mic then was incredible. You were just like, Whoa, this dude is really fucking crazy. Mm-hmm. Now he looks like he's mailing it in, right? Like he's he's playing a character, he's playing this this character who thinks he deserves everything, the quote-unquote, the fake best in the world, and I just don't buy it, right? Like, and, and then now he's bringing Drew McIntyre down with him. He's bringing Elias down with him. Two guys who, whose stocks were arguably shooting way up, right? Yeah. Like, we, you know, when we first started the show, it was post-mania, and that's kind of, again, the reset. Drew McIntyre should be on a world title route. He, he should be, be feuding with Seth. Right. He shouldn't be doing this stupid shit and being Shane McMahon's lackey. This is like the third time that Drew McIntyre has been in a group. And look, coming from a guy who loves factions, I'm fine with that. But you can't keep putting this guy with these random factions and having him go anywhere, right? It's, it's just been a horizontal step after horizontal step with him. He gets lost in it. Like, he doesn't have a chance to shine. His character as a, as a Scottish psychopath is so good on its own if you let him be himself. But, like, they keep putting him, like you said, in these factions where he just kind of blends in. And, like, they're trying to do this authority mixed with a mixed Mr. McMahon. Like, Shane McMahon is basically Mr. McMahon light. And then he's also trying to do the authority gimmick without any of the heat. Like, the authority gimmick was the storyline with with Triple H and Stephanie wasn't great a lot of the times. But at least they had heat. Like, you hated those guys. Like, when they came out... They got all the heat from the fans. They had Jamie Noble and and corporate Kane, and they had Seth, who was the hottest thing in the business. But like, this just doesn't feel like it's going anywhere. It just feels like it's middling along, and, and they're starting the shows out with it with these really, really, really drawn out segments that are just not entertaining. They lead nowhere. They lead they to the don't. same matches that we've seen over and over again. Yeah, and like Seth or, and uh, and Shane on the ma- uh, on the mic, you could tell that he is rem- he is just going through lines that were fed to him, like literally in Gorilla. Like his his delivery, the way that he acts while he's talking, just seems so forced. He doesn't he doesn't play this kind of villain the right way. Like he plays the snotty rich kid. Um, really well, but now he's a fifty-year-old man and he can't play the snotty rich kid anymore. He has to play like the the corporate overlord, kind of like his dad did, but n- 
he's just not his dad. Does if, that make if, sense? Yeah, no. If you're going to be that type of character, you're going to be that type of heel, you have to be way more over the top than he is. He's kind of just talking like he's doing a podcast, honestly. Yeah. And it's, it's you have to, like, WWE and rest, professional wrestling in general, you have to be over the top if you're going to be a heel. That's just, that's just what comes with the territory. And he's, just, he, I just feel like he's going like 55 to 65% max every time, right? And, you know, he tries to get the heat by, you know, what, echoing what you said, by the lines that are written for him. And again, maybe it's now just after the Moxley interviews, like that stuff just sticks out <laughs> even more. But it's, it's just painfully evident, especially when he's on the mic. Like even tonight on SmackDown, uh, when they were on Miz TV, he clearly messed up a line when he was saying that he's 2-0 versus the Miz. Mm-hmm. And to watch him figure out how to fix that line and fix that point that he was trying to get across was just so painful. And there's just no reason for him. This is probably as stacked as the WWE roster in general has been in years. They are they are talented up and down the roster. Raw, SmackDown, NXT. And for the main bad guy to be Shane McMahon is an insult to it's, everyone else in the locker room. 100%. It, it, it is an insult. And it's, it, it, I feel bad for this talent that is not being utilized for a 50-year-old man to kind of half-ass it through weekly television. I mean, they have, like you said, they have so much talent to lean on, and they're not utilizing it. I mean, they're putting Shane over on Roman. I don't understand that. They put Shane over the Miz. I don't understand that. I get that they want to build him build him as this villain, but there's better ways to do it than having him go over on your stars. You're I, making your stars right. look weak. I just want to know what the end game is. Right? Exactly. Like, fine, you want to put him over on Miz. Okay, I can kind of understand that. What what do you get out of putting him over on Roman? But where where is it going now? Like all of a sudden tonight on SmackDown, he was back sort of feuding with the Miz, but Roman was nowhere to be seen. I again, it's just kind of decent storytelling is all we need and they refuse to give it to us. It, it's just so so yeah. confusing. And like you said, like I think this is uh, I think the Mo- the Moxley interview is really what opened a lot of our eyes. Uh, to just the overall like the unsatisfactory yeah. unsatisfactory process and unsatisfactory storytelling. I mean, you even have Batista coming out like calling out the process and saying that it's it it, it is a nightmare and that it's become worse since he was uh, a full time wrestler. I mean, like I, I think we're gonna start seeing more and more. Um, former WWE stars coming out and, and, and commenting on it. I think eventually we'll start getting more current stars uh, who end up leaving saying something about it. It, it. It's becoming painfully obvious that they have a problem. Um, I don't know how they fix it. I think they're, they're going to have to reset a lot of things. Um, but I mean, they're a machine. So it, having to hit the reset button doesn't probably isn't in the cards, but that seems like that's the thing that they're going to have to do for this to actually get, better at some point because like you said it is an insult it's an insult to the fans it's an insult to the to the talent that's in that locker room that's not being utilized uh on a weekly basis um like uh carl anderson and luke gallows i mean they had a tweet out tonight saying that they're still employed because they never show up on television like they are literally not being used yeah not being used um Ryder and and hawkins were the were the raw tag team champions 
since WrestleMania, and I think they were on TV less than five times since then, and then they lost the belt. I don't understand this. Again, none, none of this makes sense, and you would just expect a little bit more from because one of the things that you know, kind of going back to these uh, the things that John Moxley said in, in all these interviews was one of the things that he actually hoped for by moving over to AEW and kind of revealing all this shit was some sort of institutional change within WWE, right? Like he kind of airs out their dirty laundry. And that at least gets their attention to say, all right, maybe we should do things a little bit different because he's probably speaking for not only himself, but other people in the locker room. And I just don't think they've gotten that memo. And it, I, f- I, f- I feel like they've doubled down since then. Yeah. Because if you've watched those last couple of shows, they've been awful. Yeah. I mean, they've been just god-awful. The promos to open the show are going on way, way, way too long, and they're all cringeworthy. I also find it super interesting that they've basically taken what they wrote for Becky and have started to insert it into what Seth does in his promos. Like, he's saying the exact same lines now. I'm like, oh, so they, they're a couple, so they can just kind of throw it's it all in together. It's interchangeable, yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and, and then they're putting on matches that literally have no... Uh, business being on TV. I mean, they do s- random six-man tag or six-woman tag matches basically every show. Um, the whole Alexa Bliss Bailey storyline that they have going on is super awkward. The the backstage segments that, segments that they have look really forced and they don't look like they're natural. They look like they've been overproduced. Um, it's all things that Moxley has uh, Moxley pointed out in his interviews, and I think now. That we've all we've all listened to that interview. We've all started to go through these these shows with a fine tooth comb, and it's starting to become painfully obvious that there's a gigantic problem when it comes to storytelling, writing, and creative direction within the company. Which actually, funnily enough, talking about all this is our feud of the week. We actually wrote this down <laughs> in our notes verbatim. Our feud of the week it says is WWE versus good storytelling, <laughs> and the second sub point is WWE versus young wrestlers. And they honestly go hand in hand, right? Like the stories that they are telling right now are just flat out confusing or they don't make any sense. And I don't I just don't understand how a company that's produced TV for this long has just fallen off the rails this much. You know, yeah, it's just it's alarming is what it is. Yeah. And if the story is not confusing, it's bland. I mean, you can look at like Becky and Lacey. Those two started off excellently like they had excellent heat uh they were telling a pretty good story i mean Lacey was actually holding her own and now it's just bland it, it, it's the same stuff that they keep telling each other each and every week Lacey is saying like i'm a lady uh treat me like a lady or, or you're act nasty like a lady. yeah yeah you're nasty and, and and becky's responding with i'll slap the the taste out of your mouth or something along those lines it's it's all become super repetitive that that feud has lost all of its luster it's it's something that's we are already wanting to move on when it could have been something great that they could have like really built and built something positive and really built Lacey up to the level of a becky but they they've squandered it so um yeah they uh just to kind of put a bow on this they're incredibly lucky that becky is still as over as she is because They've honestly is she fucked though? up. She is based on the pop that she gets. It's still she's still one of the top people in the company. But that being said, it's nowhere near where she was heading into Mania. 
nowhere near that. Yeah, they, they, they've lost that. They lost that all that momentum that she had to, to finally be the one to pin Ronda Rousey to where she is now as a, let's just say what it is, as a mid-carder. It's, it's really, really sad to see. It, it, it's, yeah. Like, that's probably like the most running theme that we have throughout this show is that watching this as as people who want this to be good let's just let's just be very upfront with that we want the shows to be good right yeah we we invest uh, at least five hours out of our week to watch this we want this to be good i don't want right. to sit around and watch shitty television for five hours yeah like i want to watch something that's going to keep me entertained yeah yeah if we're going to have and, and, fights with our significant others about <laughs> watching this shit every week, you know, at least make it worth our time where it's like, oh, okay, that was actually some solid entertainment. But when it's not and at the end of it, you're like, I should have just done something else with my life for, you know, those three or those two hours. It's, it's just really frustrating to be part of. Yeah. All right. We have to pay some bills. We're going to take a quick break to talk about our friends over at Harry's and ShipStation. First, let's start with Harry's. Guys, we've got an announcement to make. Blue Wire is teaming up with Harry's to make sure our listeners are shaving comfortably. Go to harrys.com slash bluewire to save $10 on a value trial set, which includes five-blade razor with a lubricating strip and trimmer blade, a rich lathering shaving gel, and a travel blade cover. Ben says this every time we read this ad. The travel blade cover is key. You don't want to be getting cut on a razor. It's the most important thing. Right? Being honest, yeah. <laughs> you get all of that for just $3 shipped right to your door. Enough with the cheap razors. It's totally worth trying Harry's. Harry's has fixed shaving by combining a simple, clean design with quality and durable blades at a fair price. Harry's founders were tired of paying for razors that were overpriced and over-designed. Harry's bought a world-class blade factory in Germany that's been making quality blades for over 95 years. Join the 10 million who have tried Harry's Claim your trial offer by going to harrys.com slash bluewire. All of Harry's blades come with a 100% quality guarantee. If you don't love your shave, let them know, and they will give you a full refund. That $3 will go right back to your bank account, and you can buy a Starbucks coffee the next morning. Again, make sure you go to harrys.com slash bluewire to redeem your razor for $3. And after you redeem your razor for $3, let's talk about our friends over at ShipStation. When you're selling online, getting your orders out can be a real pain. That's why you need ShipStation.com. It's the fastest, easiest, and most affordable way to manage and ship your orders. No matter what you're selling, Amazon, Etsy, your own freaking website, (laughs) ShipStation brings all your orders into one simple interface. ShipStation helps you get orders out quickly, save money on shipping costs, and keep your customers happy. Right now, the It Doesn't Matter What Your Podcast Is Called podcast and Blue Wire listeners can try ShipStation for free for 60 days when you use the promo code BLUE. That's B-L-U-E. Absolutely no risk, and you can start your free trial without even entering your credit card info. ShipStation works with all the major carriers, including USPS, FedEx, UPS, and even Amazon Fulfillment, so you can compare and choose the best shipping solution for you and your customer. No wonder ShipStation is the number one choice of online sellers. You'll ship more in less time with the best rates available. Just visit ShipStation.com, click on the microphone at the top of the homepage, and type in BLUE. That's B-L-U-E. That's ShipStation.com, and enter code BLUE. ShipStation.com. Make ship happen. 
All right. So let's go on to our news and notes for the week. We've, we've got a lot to cover. So let's, let's, you know, fly through these, but a lot of good stuff to talk about. So first off, the newest installment of the best segment WWE has going across any of their brands, which we still need to buy some t-shirts for, by the way. Oh, yeah. The newest episode of Firefly Funhouse was both disgusting, offensive, and amazing. So <laughs> those are my feelings on it. Uh, that's, the, that's the perfect way to describe it. I, my, my man committed a murder. Again. Yeah. I mean, on, on TV. R- Rambling Rabbit has... I mean, he can... He's gone through he, the ringer. Oh, man, I feel <laughs> like so I keeps getting him. killed. Right? And, and, and this time... So not only was this man executed Ned Stark style... On TV. With a giant fucking hammer. With a like giant, a, with like, like a Thor hammer, essentially. <laughs> it was like one of those like hammers that you see at like the carnival. Yeah. That you try to hit. Yeah. For the strength test. Yeah. Yes. And also he was wearing a clown nose and eye makeup just looking all kinds of creepy. And then, so, then Rambling Rabbit's insides came out. Okay. Thought this was a PG product. And then, <laughs> our guy Bray used... The insides, the guts of Rambling Rabbit, as jam. <laughs> it wasn't even just a murder; it was cannibalism. Like this I is like, there were so many levels to this. It was insane. It's so absurd, but so awesome. Like I just love the fact that they have found something, and they're leaning one hundred percent into it. Yes. Like as much as we shit on other stuff in this company, this is awesome. Like it's so out there and bizarre that. It's refreshing to see them lean into something that they probably wouldn't have done five years ago. They would have made this like super campy, uh, and and not have it last this long. They probably would have had it last a week and a half, and then had him come out, and it would have been like a thing of the past. But like this has gone on for a number of weeks now. It's all really, really bizarre, and to me, it, it seems like it. It's like their version of broken Matt Hardy. Like right. I don't think they're ever gonna do. What, what TNA did with Broken Matt Hardy, but, like, this is, like, their version of it, and it is fucking working. Like, it is always, always delivering. What, whatever Bray said to Vince to give him the carte blanche to do whatever he needed to do to make these segments is something that he needs to just tell everyone in the locker room, <laughs> right, With in terms of their creative, because I guarantee you Vince is not approving any of this. Like, ultimately, he's, a, he's given the green light to air it, but Vince doesn't have any of this creative in him like all this stuff is from bray's demented brain right? right like and that's what to you know to echo what you said that's what makes it just refreshing and it, again it's so weird and so out of the box and so out of left field where you are just enthralled and like maybe yeah. that just speaks to wrestling fans in general about how we're all freaking weirdos but like th- they've had the th- there hasn't been one episode yet where I've been like, nah, that was only okay. Even last week's episode with, with the Wyatt Jim, um, that was probably my least favorite episode. But the Muscle Man dance? That yeah, was awesome. It was awesome. So <laughs> to my point, it was probably my least favorite episode. It was still freaking awesome. I'm making a plea to Bray Wyatt, to anyone else who's listening. Bray, you know, he be, he's just out there tweeting everyone. So Bray, tweet us. Uh, we support what you're doing, but please tell everyone what you either put in Vince's drink <laughs> or the hypnotist that you hired to, uh, you know, to, to work on him to allow you to do this because it is incredible and it needs to be 
what everyone else is doing. Like he, him, and Drake Maverick. I feel like the only two people in the entire company who have con- complete control of what they're doing right now in terms of the extracurriculars, you know, on maybe, screen, and you know what Drake's doing with with the the twenty four seven belt. Maybe our truth too, because our truth is like own oh, that twenty four seven. Truth, belt. It, truth has been very good. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean. We do need to get our shirts for for the Wyatt Gym because those things are awesome. Yeah, they're. I can't believe they're not sold out. To be honest with you, right? Um, though I'm still nervous about what happens when he actually gets into the ring uh, and see how this character translates there. But for now, like I said, this is the best thing going for, for the company right now. It, it is amazing, and I'm a huge fan of what Bray is doing. Uh, another thing that I'm kind of a, fran- a fan of, and I and I don't know why. I think it's probably because they're just absurd. But, like, Heavy Machinery are, are now, I guess, the official number one contenders for the SmackDown belts. And, and they won a belt tonight. They won the Yellow County Championships <laughs> cardboard tag team belts. I hate the fact what? that I know where Yellow <laughs> County is. Uh, that's an area towards Sacramento. It's around, like, UC Davis. So that's where, you know, those guys are supposed to be local jobbers. That's where they're from. One of them actually, I, I believe his name is A.J. Hirsch, is the, he's the guy who does, who is, like, marked up to do all the WWE 2K stuff. So, oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, I follow him on Twitter. And th- so, like, when I saw that graphic come up to, on SmackDown tonight, I was like, why does that name sound so familiar? I looked it up. And, yeah, he's the guy who they, you know, they, they put all that motion capture stuff on to do all the stuff because he's actually um, an up-and-coming pro wrestler. But, yeah, so uh, cool tie-in. I'm sure that's how he got the gig to, to be on SmackDown tonight. But, you know, yeah. so, solid segment. Yeah, I mean, Heavy Machinery are, I mean, they're, they're a joke tag team. They're, they're there to get laughs. Um, they're not going to win the SmackDown belts. I, I, I'm not over Brian and Rowan, no, yeah. Guaranteeing that. But like the fact that they have like the yellow county belts that they won off jobbers and they took championship photos in the backstage after the after <laughs> yeah. SmackDown. They had an interview after SmackDown all about the belts. Like I love that they're they're leaning into the gimmick. Um but yeah, it's just something change of pace uh from what they've been doing and and obviously SmackDown doesn't really have many tag teams to work with so giving the heavy machinery the opportunity uh is okay with me um speaking of something else is okay with me sasha banks's social media activity sasha that is me that is me clapping like a weirdo um oh first of all on fire both yeah uh just from a posting on social media aspect and also do do you realize for a while there she got rid of the purple hair and went full black hair fantastic great move recently went back to it uh you can just tell how closely i am following her social media activities (laughs) but to your point she posted something i can't remember what the caption is but it alluded to something that she you know something better was on the horizon and there were two people of interest who liked said tweet cody rhodes and jim ross who both worked for aew so yeah, I, we've been speculating on this for weeks. I think everyone has probably in the wrestling community that she has AEW circled for when her contract expires, and they just just kind of stoke the flames of that rumor. But if this is again just one of the steps for her to get over there, I am all for it because she would be incredible over there and be a huge boost to their women's division. And they already have a, you know a solid 
foundation over there, but she would kind of put them over the top. So I, I'm all for this. Yeah. So the tweet was there was no there was nowhere to go but everywhere, and it's literally just her sitting in a ring. It's from her uh, NXT days, from what I believe. It's just an yeah. old picture. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and seeing Cody and Jim Ross like the photo definitely stoked stoked the flames of like, oh, could she move? I don't think she can move anytime soon. I'm pretty sure she signed a new contract before me. She's Mania. got a long, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. and they're not going to let her go. No, if she goes anywhere, she's going to have to sit out this contract, which is, I think, a detriment to her to her career. Go full Kawhi uh, Leonard. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I hate saying that um, guy's name by the way. God damn. Um, but I would love to see her in AEW. Let her be the main event. Let her be the main female star because obviously if she goes over there she is the biggest female star she'll probably be one of the biggest stars in the company let her get the shine that she deserves i mean obviously if she comes back she's going to be buried wherever she is because i think when she does eventually come back i think there's going to be a lot of retribution for her just missing all this time um which is a shame um so we'll see what happens um moving on to the next bit of news chad gable is now officially part of 205 live which i think is great um he isn't that great of a talker so i think they put drake maverick with him to help him out uh isn't that kind of weird though because isn't drake maverick technically the gm of 205 live like is he still the gm i believe do they still, he i don't is. think they still i don't think they do gms anymore I th- well i mean they might have removed that title but the last time i checked he was i don't know but either way, I, I agree with you. It's it's a great move because, again, Gable's always been one of those guys who can go in the ring, and Drake's always been one of those guys who can talk in the ring. Um, mm-hmm. and, by the way, his former clients, or I don't even know if he's still paired with them, AOP came back at Super Showdown. They <laughs> like, came back in the Battle Royale. In the Battle Royale, which is a great, a great place to get them lost again. They haven't been on TV for six months. Let's throw them in this meaningless Battle I think- Royale. I think Corey Graves even said some of like, oh look, AOP had an unceremoniously return or unceremonious return. And he, uh, in no, the middle I don't of see any lies, <laughs> <laughs> right? Um, but yeah, I like Gable at 205. I think he has the style perfect. His style is perfect for that for that brand, um, and he has a lot of good uh, opponents that he can put on some solid matches. I mean, not a lot of people are going to watch him because not a lot of people watch 205 live. But at least he has some people that he can go in there and work and, and, and work the match that he is uh, that's best for him, and maybe he can make a run at the, at the cruiser well, cruiserweight belt, um, and maybe give that belt some shine because I think it's completely lost its luster since it's been introduced. <laughs> it's, 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 it's completely gone downhill. It's a pay per view pre show belt is really what it is. That and the uh, Raw tag team titles are the uh, pre show tag t- or championship belt. Uh, specials. It's really, really unfortunate. Well, I mean, I kind of understand it with the two with the cruiserweight belt because, again, that probably has a smaller audience. But the fact that the raw tag team belts have been on the freaking pre-show for every main pay-per-view is is just freaking sad. Yeah, I mean, even the revival and the Usos were on the pay-per-view. Or were on the the pre-show for a Super Showdown, which is a shame because they put on a pretty solid match. <laughs> yeah, that might be one of the better th- matches of the night. Yeah, it's just it. It's again. I think we we spoke to this before about like the juxtaposition between what WWE is doing and AEW is doing with the tag team division. Like tag team matches are like primarily pre-show start of the card matches for for WWE, and AEW is already put in in, in a prime spot um, and, and are showcasing the talent that they have in the tag team division. So we'll see. Um, 
Another bit of AEW news is their next event, Fighter Fest, is is officially free. That was free. something that was announced uh, fairly recently. I, I think this is a, a, a quite frankly a brilliant decision by AEW. Um, it allows people more people to watch the card that may they may not have paid for because it's not. To be honest, this isn't of the caliber of a of a double or nothing or an all in. This is their equivalent in my mind to an elimination chamber or a a stomping grounds something that's a a mid calendar pay-per-view that is not going to get a lot of buys um so why not make it free let people witness the product get accustomed to the product before it goes to TNT and, and a weekly television show right and you know some of the matches that they've booked as you know exciting as they are you know Moxley versus Joey Janela that's something that people are looking forward to I know, you know, Pac was supposed to be in the car, but is now, I guess, not on it. And, you know, his relationship with AEW remains to be seen. But um, this just kind of makes sense from a marketing standpoint, right? Is just let's reel in some more fans. And there's honestly no storyline matches, like, connected to this. Like, if it was Moxley Omega and, you know, Cody and and Dustin versus the Young Bucks, which is, you know, I guess for their, you know, that's what they're doing at their next pay-per-view. Um this probably definitely would not be free, right? Like yeah. a lot of these matches are just showcases in a sense, yeah. which is perfectly fine because Ada, you know, th- this is what I think right now is separating AEW from WWE is that they're very self-aware, right? They're not pretending that they are this huge conglomerate, this huge company just yet. You know, they understand this is a grassroots movement and they have to build from the bottom up. So they're they're doing some old-fashioned shit. Then, you know, they're pulling some MLW stuff where they're like, you know, let's show you what we have. Uh, let's give you a little taste. And hopefully, you know, by the time we are on TNT, by the time All Out rolls in, um, you'll you'll kind of understand who we are more. So it's, yeah. it's, it's a really, really solid... Uh, solid move by them and it, it does get I'm sure for, for BR Live and BR in general that's just a solid move too because it'll get people downloading the app if, in case they haven't already yeah and and the matches that are on the card are, are solid I mean you get yeah, Cody absolutely. versus Darby Cody versus Darby Allen is going to be decent I mean two different styles Darby Allen is hardcore deathmatch style wrestler uh, who really likes to put put his body on the line I don't know how that's going to work with Cody but uh, I'll be interested to see, and then you have the elite versus Lucha Bros and, and, a, and, a, and a, an opponent to be determined later. So they're going to do a six-man tag. Yeah, that's where Pac uh, was supposed to be, right? Uh, was that his spot? I, I believe. It w- yeah, I believe that was him, and he just okay is not involved anymore. And then you have the Moxley Janela card, which is or Moxley Janela match, which is probably going to be a hardcore deathmatch style of wrestling. Um, both of those guys are are accustomed to that kind of a match uh, and then you have a four-way match which is awesome adam page jimmy havoc jungle boy and our boy mjf mjf <laughs> you're uh, your so, fucking hero right there yeah i am a mjf stan right now <laughs> um so i i'm in on this i'll, I'll definitely watch it um i mean y- y- it's free you have to watch it so um I'm into it. We'll see how it, how it does and and see if it it does what they want and gets people invested. So, uh, moving on, uh, we have new Raw tag team. Moving back to to WWE, we have new Raw tag team champions. Uh, the Revival have got the belt again. Uh, how quick did they take it off of them this time? Ooh, I mean, obviously they're going to feud with the Usos because that's who they've been feuding with 
I honestly think they'll give him a decent run now because, I mean, they are locked in contract-wise for a while, right? So they, they can't jump ship quite yet. And this feud with the Usos, honestly, has been actually kind of decent. So there is some heat there in terms of what they can produce in the ring, and those are two of the best tag teams in the business right now. So I think they'll keep it for a decent run. I mean, it's, I, I give them till SummerSlam. How about that? Ooh, that's a lot longer than I would have given them. <laughs> but, um, they could drop it on main event. I don't know. but <laughs> I, th- I honestly think they can, they can drop it, like, next week on Raw. I, I really just I don't see, like, I think the Revival are great. And I would love to see them have the belts for a long time because I think they're, they're they're so much better with a belt and, and, and with something to protect. But I, I just don't see them keeping it. I think they'll drop it to to the Usos, and the Usos will have the belts for I, uh, a few months. I think they have a little bit more juice now that they're pseudo into Shane McMahon's little group, right? So yeah. if they're about to lose it to the Usos drew or elias or shane himself will come in and save them and you know they'll give the usos the win at SummerSlam. so i mean i I see your point because they wwe has literally done nothing to prove otherwise that they believe in the in the revival but um i'm I'm willing to give them the benefit of the doubt now so especially that the tag team titles were even back period like that was just insane that they were off tv for that long so um, let's 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 build this feud up to SummerSlam. Let's let's make a, a big and a good title change then. Yeah, uh, and, and moving on to to the next pay per view for the WWE, it's Stomping Grounds. Um, we've both voiced our voiced our displeasure for this uh, for this name. I for think the name, I, yeah. I, I still find it ridiculous. Also, the the logo itself is absurd. <laughs> I mean, it's a Timberland boot. Yeah, I know. And if like the fact that this card with that logo is not in New York city is a fucking shame to me. Like if you're going to build a logo or build a pay-per-view around basically a Timberland boot, it needs to be in New York or at least bring Jesus and Marrow in as like guest <laughs> celebrity host, Like you did it with Colin Jost and Michael Che, right? Like lean into it a little bit more, be more self-aware, but no, let's just, and they kind of try to hide the fact that it's a boot. I'm like, they don't show the full boot every time they show the stopping grounds logo. I, it's, uh, Again, I think they realize whoever designed that, you know, they probably WWE probably shelled all this money out to this big big time designer to be on their team. And when they, when he was like, "What do you want me to do?" You know, stomping grounds. You want me to do like a big foot foot? Do you want me to do something you know super epic? And then Vince was like, "Give me give me a boot." And this dude just literally <laughs> just drew like thirteen lines, <laughs> which made a boot, and it was probably the worst day of his life. Um, but kind of. The design of the logo aside, the card is, dare I say, not at all interesting because it's all shit that we have seen before. Yeah, it's all rehash. I mean, you get Seth Rollins versus Baron Corbin, which is seen again it? a re- yep. Yeah, we just saw it. Literally. Kofi Kingston, Kofi Kingston versus Dolph Ziggler in a steel cage. Seen it? Seen it. Roman Reigns versus Drew McIntyre. We saw seen that at it? WrestleMania. Yeah. Becky Lynch versus Lacey Evans. Seen it? Bailey versus Alexa Bliss. That We've is seen actually, it before. Yeah, not in like a. Uh, I think this is their first one-on-one matchup. Maybe. I don't think so. Uh, well, this is probably the newest of the old. I guess if you want to, yeah. you know, find some silver lining. But even that match is just not interesting to me. It's not. Um, I, I'm. I'm just concerned with how long and how much Alexa can wrestle, right? Because 
you know, I, I find her a compelling character, and I think she's she's there's a reason why WWE has given her several title runs at this point. But there's also a reason why they've protected her a lot. And did you happen to see the bump that she took on Monday night? Yeah, the the, yeah, yeah, yeah. the turnbuckle bump. Brutal. Holy shit. Brutal. And like. For someone who, again, has had some injury issues, some concussion issues in the past, you know, it, I I just wonder what kind of match the, that they can fully work. I, I, again, I don't fully know because they kind of keep these concussion things very close to the vest, and rightfully so, but that's my only concern with that. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't expect it to be a very long match, and I don't expect it to be a very heavy-hitting match. I, I, I would assume that it's going to be a lot of, like, uh, spot here, spot there, rest hold, spot here, spot there, and let's let's go home. Um, I, I I find it interesting that like if you look at the the ticket sales for this event, uh, this is literally like a week and a half, two weeks away, and the the arena that they're going to is half empty. Um, they're going to the Tacoma Dome in Tacoma, Washington, <laughs> hot spot for for wrestling. I mean, it, it seats twenty thousand people, and if, if you look at the Ticketmaster page with with actual open seating, it's half empty. I mean, there's a large chunk of the floor seating that is completely open. Um, it, it's not a good. Look. There's an entire section uh, mid level that is open. I mean, that's it's not a good look. I don't think they're marketing this marketing this well. Um, and obviously, the, the card itself is is something that we've all seen before. It's nothing new. So why do we want to pay to go see it? It it's and th- that's usually WWE's calling card with these non big four, big five pay per views, right? It's just some of these or the most majority of them end up being throwaways in terms of the matches that they provide, and they ultimately mean nothing, right? Like there was a pay per view last. There, uh, I remember you know during Reigns his quote-unquote reign where he was the top guy in the company and one of his feuds was, was with Bobby Lashley. Lashley beat him. I think it was at Backlash, I think like a mm. year or two ago. Lashley beat him. That meant nothing, <laughs> ultimately, in the grand scheme of things. And that was like the hottest match of the show. So this v- has that feel to the nth degree, right? It's, it, it's, it, it's going to mean it, nothing kind of in the grand scheme of storytelling, because I think all the champs are going to retain. No one's going to like. If Seth Rollins loses the Universal Title to Baron Corbin at Stomping Grounds, I, I will do something so absurd that I will repeat it. I will say it on the podcast. I can't even think of something <laughs> absurd because that's how much I don't think it's going to happen. But yeah, it, it's it. It's a shame that like. Story storylines that are less than three months old are already wasted, and they've already been forgotten because they're moving on to something. And they're not allowing something. They're not allowing these storylines to have a slow build, or 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 just marinate. There, it's like go go go. We gotta we gotta move on and move on. It's like a week to week basis. They're changing things up. Um, hopefully this can change. Hopefully they can allow things to to build slowly. Maybe we can get a, a feud that lasts four to five maybe even six pay-per-views let them tell a long story let them have a long program that's all i want i want long long stories yeah they again we've we kind of harped on this earlier with our few of the week in terms of you know storytelling in general hasn't been wwe's strong suit 
where you're comparing it to where you can compare it to now, AEW, where they had their pay-per-view literally had no build, right? I mean, in terms of actual what you could view and every match just felt important. And it was just, you know, the little things that they did to kind of make these matches just feel or that they did to make you feel something for them was awesome. And the fact that WWE has weekly programming and even the, you know, Twitter, social media in general to to build these things and that they don't where we want where we feel something where we're watching this is is just getting very alarming. And, and, And this should be the time where they're getting pushed to do that stuff even more. Right. Like. There's, they've always had competitors, but they've always kind of been a little bit kind of on, on, you know, on foreign ground, right? It's like when, uh, when King's Landing knew that, you know, Daenerys was on like another part of the world, they were like, nah, she hasn't even crossed the ocean yet. Well, now friggin' AEW is, is in the fold and WWE still hasn't budged in terms of what they are doing. Like if you're not going to move now before that AEW train really builds momentum, I just don't know when you're going to do it. Yeah. I, I would say that like AEW's had a benefit right now with not having weekly television. I, I'm Absolutely. very interested to see, Absolutely. very interested to see how, how things play out once they, once they do transition to weekly television. Cause I think a lot of that, uh, that build for, for double or nothing was helped by the fact that they don't have weekly television. They were able to build, start the build for, I mean, Jericho versus Omega started at that's New had Japan. Yeah. So, right, right. yeah, that started in New Japan, so that that had a long build. But like, they started uh, Young Bucks and Lucha Bros. That started a while ago too, but they were able to build it in different promotions and then build it at the at the actual uh, press conference and then let that marinate for a little bit and then come back. Um, Cody versus Dustin, they built that basically all with video vignettes and then also their their history that they they don't make they allow their fans time to 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 breathe when it comes to their feuds they allowed that to happen they didn't just force feed it down their down their throats and also they didn't they knew that their fans were smart they knew that there was history with all these these matches so they weren't trying to force feed anything they were just like you guys know that Cody versus Dustin is something that people have been wanting for a long time uh, this is like a, a history of him uh, with a quick little vignette, and then that was it. Um, and, and they know they know their audience, so uh, we'll see how th- if that changes come the the launch of their weekly show. But for now, um, yeah, we'll just keep <laughs> completely bickering about uh, <laughs> WWE. You know, I think that's a good place to leave it for the week. I think we uh, unleashed our hot take of the week, our white wine hot take earlier with. Just WWE versus storytelling and, and Shane McMahon's involvement. So we're going to not officially stamp uh, stamp that, but I, I think that's that was our, uh, our, our rant for the week, if you will. So I, I think that's a good place to leave it for the week. So with that, if, you, uh, if you're a listener, if you're a downloader, if you're a subscriber, do it again. Subscribe. Rate the podcast five stars. Keep showing us love. We are officially at 108 five-star ratings on apple Podcasts, so let's keep that thing moving let's i want to hit 200 um in the next couple weeks here so let's help make that happen but you know subscribe rate us five stars and let's keep this train moving definitely and and don't forget to to follow us on twitter you can follow the pod it doesn't matter pod that's pod with a zero you can follow me at jeremy a loss and you can follow ben at cruise control with a k 
Ben, let's get out of here. I'm exhausted. <laughs> I, I'm physically and literally melting, but you know, I just want to know while we're in this heat, like what's a podcast that you're listening to to kind of pass the time while you're falling, or while you're trying to fall asleep in like 95 degree weather inside the house? Oh, I've been listening to... It doesn't to, matter uh, what your podcast <laughs> is called. I gotta, uh, uh, I'm really trying to figure out different ways to ask you this, so... Oh, yeah, we'll, we'll work on yeah. it. Uh, <laughs> I'm just... Until then... Yeah. We'll talk to you guys next week. Have a good one. Later.